What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Take It Easy Sports Show, part of the Arizona Varsity Podcast Network. My name is Zach Alvar, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, Mr. Eric Newman, the one himself who is not very good at picking brackets in the NCAA March Madness Tournament. I believe Eric is near dead last right now. I'm pretty sure his champion is out of the tournament already. And, you know, you know, not not surprising to many. I'm in first right now. You know, I mean, just like fantasy football, I'm pretty good at, uh, you know, picking uh, brackets. But Eric, uh, how you doing other than the fact that your bracket is a uh, is a sorry excuse for uh, for picks? I am doing OK. I would be the first to tell you I'm bad at picking brackets. <laughs> I'm so terrible at it. I never do well. I've never won a bracket ever or even come close. Um, I think the best I ever did was one year where uh, the year Kentucky won with Anthony Davis and all those guys. Okay. Um, And I mean, it was hard not to pick them. They were all the number one overall seed. So it was not like I was being unique picking them to win that tournament. That's the only time I've ever done like even remotely well in a bracket. Uh, And I haven't done one for a while until this year when there was a a Arizona varsity one. So it surprises me very, very little uh, that my bracket's not good, but I'm doing okay. Um, Basketball, uh, high school basketball ended. Um, We saw some awesome championship games. We saw some blowouts, but um, overall a good end of the season. We saw the end of winter sports and now we're right in the the thick of things and i haven't gone to a bunch of baseball softball or anything like that yet i've kind of been um hanging back and letting uh, letting one season um before i go on to the next thing but um you know it was an awesome winter sports season we weren't sure it was even going to happen so um we really have to be thankful that 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 stuff was there yeah and uh, we are going to get into the results of the championships um soccer basketball as we've already mentioned and then uh wrestling will highlight some of the winners there as well but um you know to start what you to the thing that you kind of oh and we also have a ton of listener questions so that's how we're gonna wrap right. up the show um but to to kind of go off of what you just said we didn't know the winter sports season was gonna happen now we said that in the fall um when both when it first started and when it ended as well with with uh you know the the football championships right and you know while it remains true i would say the winter sports season was the one that really we were like okay like i I always knew fall was gonna happen i always at least had an idea fall was gonna happen i didn't know for sure of course but winter i mean it actually got canceled it literally got taken away yeah so the fact that you know obviously we were able to make it through. Um, I feel like un- unless it, they just weren't announced as much, I feel like there weren't as many cancellations uh, during the winter. No, there um, weren't as many. And part of it is that um, the uh, a football, every game you lose is significant. I mean, we true. saw some Ironwood had. Um, there's, uh, there were a few cancellations, but it wasn't the same yeah. crazy level um, as we saw in football where – teams couldn't even finish a season or whatever mm-hmm. that's true um it's actually ironic because uh 
a couple teams couldn't finish the season, but for unrelated reasons to COVID. I mean, you know, the unfortunate situation with uh, with Castile girls basketball, top seed in 5A, one of the best teams yeah. in the state, regardless of conference. Uh, they self-reported a, uh, a violation to the IA and pulled themselves out of the tournament. So, yeah. um, you know, unfortunate situation with there with that one. But again, the fact that we were able to make it through the season um, and obviously I think it helped that, you know, numbers have been on the on the decline basically since the start of the season. Um, and, and by numbers, I mean, you know, COVID cases, metrics, all that stuff. Uh, which is obviously a good thing. The vaccine, I believe, is going to be helping a lot because, yeah. you know, as more people get that, then I would assume it would curb any potential, like, wave that we have again, if we even get one. I don't know for sure. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of positives with that. And obviously, cool. the the main one as it relates to high school sports, though, is the fact that we got through another season. Yeah. And, you know, with spring, there's only one indoor sport. So, I mean, I, it'd be hard to argue that we wouldn't be able to get through spring also. So, yeah, agreed. Uh, definitely um, looking a lot more normal, I guess you can say, in the in the weeks and months to come, hopefully. Yeah, that's the goal. Uh, ever so slowly getting back um, to to whatever normal actually is. Yeah. Um, you want to go over some of the uh, – should I give you my, my hot take that – not many people agree with, or should we go into uh, basketball? And, oh man, uh, playoffs. Uh, can we keep that for the end? Because I feel like it's just going to make me mad. Really, it's that bad. I mean, I I, rem- I don't remember a hundred percent what it is. All I know is it has to do with one of the March Madness teams. Yeah, um, I'm telling you, I'm doing it. I can't. No, let's let's wait. wait. Let's wait. Dude, let's I wait. hate Sister Jean. Bro, I, no, no, no. Hang on, Eric. Let's wait. Eric, 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 Eric. Let's wait. Let's wait because I think we have some questions that revolve around March Madness. Fair enough. Okay, so there's a little teaser. Eric hates a you know 100 something year old nun. Um, yeah. So the, there's your teaser. So you know if you want to you know stop now and start typing mean messages, I'll welcome it. Hate um, dude. Okay, relax, relax. So All right. annoying. Okay, okay, relax. Um, wrestling champions. Uh, let's first focus on the girls. Now, they were the first ones to actually complete their season. They had the championships, I believe, what was it, like a week before the boys did? Is that correct? Yeah, 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 yeah. They okay. had their tournament before the boys who had their tournament this weekend. Got it. Um, Basha, man. Uh, Basha won the tournament, Basha girls, that is, uh, and they did so with ease. I mean, they scored 191 points. The second, or in this case, second and third closest teams, because Liberty and Winslow tied 108. Now there could be a, 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 you know, a couple things with that. Obviously, you know, those two other teams may not have had the same weight class, um, you know, but I, I in the championship though, I don't think that's as big of an issue as it is during the regular season. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Basha just absolutely dominated. Um, I'm kind of going through it right now. I mean, they, I know they placed several girls in at least the top three. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they had at least three or four, maybe a little bit less than that. Actually, actually win. Yeah, their weight class. Um, I, I mean, remember um, about two years ago. When the individuals um, for girls wrestling had just been accredited, 
Um, so that was, yeah, two winter sports seasons ago. And they didn't even have a team tournament yet. But I remember seeing all these. Uh, I went to a big match and I saw all these basher wrestlers. And there were some teams that had, what, three or four girls, maybe one that wrestled with the boys team. Yeah. Whatever. And I just remember seeing Basha having a few like really good um, athletes and it looked like they had their things together over there. And I, I mean, I don't I'm not a wrestling uh, analyst or anything. Yeah. But I could see even then that um, they were going to have some talent and that if and when there ever became a point where there's like a team champion like they have now, uh, Basha would be in the running yeah. in years to come for that. Yeah, and you know, just to kind of go over some of the placers that they had. I mean, Adriana Gomez, only a sophomore, she placed second overall in 106. Um, and you keep on moving down. I mean, you've got Trinity Howard; she was the first winner of the day at 120 for Basha. Um, and then Andy Anderson came in fourth in 132. Uh, Amber Rodriguez placed first in 145, and then it keeps on going from there. Trinity Bouchal, I hope I'm saying that name right. First place in 170. Um, second place for Hannah uh, Gertis. Again, I'm hoping I'm saying that name right, at 182. And uh, Emma Nelson came in sixth, so she placed um, at 195. Uh, at 220, Gwen Nestoff of Basha came in third. And uh, Francesca Deal, I hope I'm saying the name right again, 285 came in fourth. So Basha just absolutely dominated. Um, what was that, at least what was that six seven eight names i just named off that yeah placed i mean at some to, get, point? to get one or two placed is a big deal exactly much less you know places and points in every single division like that yeah i mean it's just it's crazy man i mean just the the pure talent and a lot of those names i read some of them are underclassmen so i mean they're gonna keep going <laughs> i mean basha it basha is not gonna be a one and done type of thing they're gonna keep going for man at least another year two years um but you know talking specifically even for for your side of town the you know you cover the west side a lot liberty again i mean they had they had some high placers too i mean they tied for second with winslow at 108 so um you know castile came in fourth uh westwood centennial willow canyon peoria canyon view and canyon del oro kind of round out the uh the top 10 there uh with hamilton right there at 11 so I mean, the girl. It's really exciting to see girls wrestling really take off like it has in the last couple of years. Definitely, um, you know, and Liberty I mean, doesn't surprise me. I remember uh, I didn't get to see them this year. I covered specifically basketball in this winter yeah. sports season in terms of what I actually went out to. Um, but a couple of years ago, I went and saw Liberty's boys wrestling team, um, and before there was a girls team overall. There were a few girls that were training with the boys mm-hmm. and their, their boys team is so good. So it doesn't surprise me that, you know, they've got coaching and talented people that want to be a part of the program over there. So, so yeah. good for Liberty being in that spot as well. And, and speaking of Liberty, uh, the boys side of things, we'll kind of transition over there now. Um, second place finish for them as well. And they came in, they came in second behind Sunnyside who literally I think was, it's their fourth straight year winning the title, something like that. Yeah, so Liberty had won the last two big schools championships, and then Sunnyside now had to yep. move up, and yep. they won. Um, so good on them. Yeah, it's it, you know I look at Sunnyside in wrestling like I saw Saguaro in football, 
where at some point they were just winning so much that they had to get moved up a division and they still win. So, um, yeah, Sunnyside is just very, very good. Uh, top 10 for the boys. Again, Sunnyside first, Liberty second, Desert Vista in third, followed by Desert Ridge, Cibola, Mountain View, Hamilton, Mesa, Perry, and Chandler. Uh, great season for Coach Domenico there in Mesa. I mean, one of just the genuine I mean, just one of the most genuine, best human beings that I've ever come in contact with. Love what he does over there at Mesa. He loves that program. He loves that school. He loves that community. So uh, great to see him obviously finish in the top 10. And he actually picked up um, his, uh, what was it, his 100th win as a coach, I believe. Maybe maybe more than the 100th. You wrote about him this year, right? I wrote about him several times this year, yeah. yeah. And which is really bad that I'm forgetting now. I just don't have the number pulled up. But he he, yeah. he completed a milestone this year as head coach, uh, you know, in three different stops. But um, just just as an amazing coach, too. I mean, just a great guy. Um, so happy to see him place in the top 10 as well. Absolutely. Um, one other name I kind of want to give a shout out when it comes to boys wrestling. Uh, Zach Espelin from Chandler. Four straight state titles. That's crazy. Freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. Um, Jason Skoda actually wrote about him for Arizona Varsity. I've actually got a, a story coming for um, for the East Valley Tribune pretty soon on him as well. So just a great kid. Um, talked to him today, actually. And, uh, man, I mean, he's going to wrestle for Navy. He kind of – it's really – his story is awesome because he grew up in Texas um, his dad got transferred to Washington, D.C. for work. So he actually went to school with like the sons and daughters of like colonels in the military and stuff like that. And he always kind of had a dream of being a Navy SEAL, um, but he also wanted to wrestle. So now he's kind of bringing both of those two goals together, uh, which is really, really cool. Yeah, good for him. When you're yeah. a freshman and you win the state championship, is it uh, – I imagine it's um... – in, in two parts, hard and easy to keep motivated, right? Like, I would um, assume so. I mean, the thing is, you know, in any other sport, I feel like, you you know, you win a championship as a freshman and you're, like, expected to keep getting better as you move yeah. on. But wrestling, like, you, you have to go up in weight classes most of the time. So, like, it's not always guaranteed that you just keep winning. Yeah, exactly. You're going against different people. Just the natural growth of your body. Um, yeah. And... It might not, who knows what weight classes that most people end up in and stuff yeah. like that. But, um, yeah, that's really impressive. Good on him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's move on to soccer. So we'll first start with the girls, announce all the winners there. So Northwest Christian, the top seed in 3A, they won the title over number three, Scottsdale Christian. Uh, 4A conference, uh, number three, South Point Catholic, got the shutout against top-ranked Prescott 2-0. As we move on to the 5A, um, Campo Verde, 2-1 to one over Castile. Now, that game um, came down to the wire from what I remember reading. Um, I had a freelancer out there covering the game for me. So, um, great win out there at Desert Vista. Uh, and then as you look at the 6A, uh, the game that I actually covered, uh, Xavier Prep took down four-time defending champion Chaparral, uh, 2-0. to zero. Xavier Prep was the number five seed. Um, to get to that game, Xavier Prep literally had a, uh, a last-second goal against Perry that just happened to bounce the right way. 
or I guess I should say, yeah, it, it went over the keeper's head. That was a crazy kick. It was like from 40 yards out too. And it like, I think it bounced and like hit the, hit the crossbar. And then like somehow like the spin of the ball, like made it go just yep. past the, the, the line or whatever. So yeah, crazy, crazy way for them to get in there. And then obviously they just came in and, uh, they were very well prepared. I mean, Chaparral's a very good program, obviously, winning four straight titles across two divisions. Um, so good for Xavier Prep. Uh, yep. Boys, do you have those pulled up or you want me to just go ahead and read them off? Go ahead and read them. All right. Looking at 3A. Let's see here. Sorry, I got to get it pulled up. It froze on me. There we go. All right. 3A state championship. Uh, not a big surprise. ALA Gilbert North caps off the undefeated season. They won three to two over Phoenix Country Day in the number seven seed. Uh, in the 4A conference, uh, number one South Point Catholic beat number three Walden Grove in a battle of the Southern Arizona schools five to one. As you look to 5A, Castile put up eight goals against number three Ironwood in an eight to two win. Uh, I mentioned it on Twitter. That might be a record for most goals scored in a championship. That's game. a lot in a championship. That's a, a lot, lot in any game, much less a championship game. Against it is a lot. Ironwood's caliber, who has been in this type of position a lot yeah, recently. Exactly. Uh, 6A championship for boys. Brophy Prep won in penalty kicks over number one, San Luis. Now, San Luis is a team that you and I talked about. One, they're always good. Two, they are probably the most unknown school out of all the 6A schools. And yet they were literally number one all season long and hang and hung on to it all the way to the championship game. So good for them as well. Yeah, I would say them or maybe Cibola. Yeah. Um, or you love Cibola, those, man. I do. I like Cibola <laughs> or Kofa or Kofa. <laughs> Eric's a big Yuma Yuma High School fan. That's right. Not well. I guess you also like Yuma the criminals. So I am a criminal. And for those that don't know, that is actually their mascot. And we're mm-hmm. not calling them criminals. Um, you know, had to give that a little disclaimer. There. I like the Kofa Kings. It just rolls off the tongue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it too. Um, you know, before we go on to, to the basketball brackets, Eric, I can tell you're eating. So what are you eating? I am just finishing up one of my apples. Honeycrisp? You know it. Oh, I love it. I, I love it. hesitate to... Um, have it on the podcast. It's not very professional, but I made an exception for something that I know we've talked about before. What What about this podcast is professional? Mm, good point. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh, girls basketball. Uh, the 1A conference, Fort Thomas, the number two seed beat number five, Muggion, 56 to 29 to win the state championship there. Uh, in the 2A conference, it was number one, Pima, in overtime, beating number three, Sedona Red Rock, 50 to 48. Sound like a really good game out there. Um, number one, Page, beat Snowflake, 36 32. Looks like another very good game between the number one and number two seeds in the tournament. In 4A, number one, Seton Catholic Prep, 70 to 62 over number two, South Point. Now, I want to stop here because, Eric, you were at this game. So I want to give was. you a chance to actually, you know, kind of highlight it and talk about it just a little bit. What what do you see out there between these two teams that have pretty much were on top of the 4A conference all year long? These were the best two teams in 4A all year, like you just said. Um, Seton Catholic was the, the defending champion. Um, they've been in the finals 
I don't know, a decade every single year in a row, pretty much. Um, they they won three, lost one, and now have won two in a row. Uh, been in the final each of those times. And then before that, they were in finals uh, pretty much over and over again. Um, but they they dominated at first, Seton, the Sentinels. Um, got off to a really, really hot start. Uh, Amanda Barcelo did really well. Lexi McNabb, their, their junior guard. Um, and uh, Barcelo is a BYU commit. They've got Isabella Giovanni, Giovanni, who's, you wrote a story about, she's really awesome off the court, um, going to Dartmouth to play basketball. They've just got so much talent there. And they came out really fast and hot um, and took a big lead. And they never gave it up, but South Point toward the end started coming back. And they got it within uh, a few points a couple times. Um, Jay and Nelson, the the junior guard wing for South Point, uh, really really turned it on in the second half. Individually, so was scoring from all over, playing really good defense. But Seton just kept coming, and they ended up with a relatively comfortable win. Um, and you know they've they've got a great senior class that they're graduating, but they've got a lot of really young talented girls that are coming up. I assume that these two teams are going to be right there near the top of 4a again yeah i was watching that game on live stream and i was really impressed with south point catholic's guard play of course Um, one of them i don't know her name but she was i believe she was just the point guard um i mean she one she knew how to handle the ball really well two she was able to get out of you know obviously some pressure situations that seton's um seton's defense was able to kind of uh put her in and then she was able to find her open teammates for shots as well mm-hmm. and again i can't remember her name um but again just very i was impressed by the guard play of south point catholic because yeah they're a really well good. coached team yeah um they they were really they gave them a test and that was impressive to see yeah Definitely. Uh, 5A Conference, a team you're very familiar with, Millennium, the number three seed, uh, last year's state title winner. Actually, last year and the year before, wasn't it? Three in a row now, yeah. Three in a row now. Uh, Millennium, uh, I mean, hard to bet against them. Uh, they beat number five, Flowing Wells, with these 62 to 39. And the 6A Conference, the game that um, actually both Eric and I were at, I was covering it, obviously, for the East Valley Tribune, but. Number two, Valley Vista, for the second straight year, knocks off top-ranked Hamilton, 49-41. to um, You know, this game was one that, honestly, Valley Vista had control of the entire time. Yeah. Um, you know, they came out, and Hamilton just could not hit a shot. They could not hit anything. It was a defensive struggle at first. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, I even remember, I, I talked to Anaya... Um, Anaya Reeves, Amaya Reeves, sorry, Anaya, Amaya Reeves, and also, uh, you know, the, you know, Coach Nader over there at Hamilton. And, um, you know, I I even remember asking him, like, like, you guys just couldn't buy a bucket, could you? And, I mean, both of them kind of laughed it off um, because they knew they were, they just had a, sh- a cold shooting performance to start it off. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it was just really hard for them to battle back from that. And they did. They tied the game at one point in the third quarter, but again, the shooting woes just kind of took over from there. Valley Vista was able to hit some shots. Marissa Davis was phenomenal in that game. Um, you know, obviously, free I thought throws, she was the best girls player in the AIA this season. And you're probably right. Um, so, I mean, just 
you know, obviously Valley Vista is a very good team. They had size over Hamilton as well, um, which obviously played a role in that one. And, you know, Valley Vista was able to get the eight point win. And it only it really was only eight points because they just hit free throws down the stretch. I mean, that game was closer than eight points. Yeah. Even though they had like a 10 point, 11 point lead at one point. So, yeah, it was a close game. And I yeah. thought, um, you know, we, we you touched on the 5A game. Millennium won pretty easily in the final. Yeah. And I thought that um, there, uh, I thought Castile might have been able to do it if they had been able to play the whole uh, playoffs from mm-hmm. the other side of the bracket. I thought they had a really good chance to be there. Yeah. Um, but I thought that it was going to be um, from the other side, Verado, Sunrise Mountain, or Millennium. Uh, and the three of them all kind of took turns beating each other this year in 5A for for the girls' side. And I, I said it on Chili's two-piece. Um, I really thought that whoever won the Millennium Verado game was going to be the champion. Um, similar to sometimes when you see, like, whoever wins the West is going to win the NBA Finals. And that isn't always it. But th- there's been some years where it's like that. And I just yeah. thought those two teams were so undisputably better than the other teams on the other side of the bracket. So whoever, if it had been flowing wells or it had been cactus shadows, um, they would have been able to take them down relatively easily. So I was uh, not surprised. I didn't, I wasn't able to make it because I was covering 4A at the same time, but not surprising to see Millennium walk away with an awesome win. And they really, they only had two seniors on this team. Um, Reese, Grimsley and Cassidy Dixon are both college basketball commits, but their their top score was a freshman, Ellie Guini. Um, they play a lot of sophomores and juniors on the starting lineup. They're going to be good again. Yeah. No, I don't doubt it. I definitely don't doubt it. Uh, looking at the boys' basketball brackets, uh, number one, North Valley Christian beat number two, Mojave Accelerated. Pretty easily in that 1A conference, 65 to 48. North Valley Christian yeah. was pretty much the, the best team in that conference all year yeah, long. They were great. Um, when you look at the 2A bracket, uh, Scottsdale Christian in a very, very good one, it looks like, beat number two Rancho Solano Prep, 48 to 47. Did you see the ending of that one? I did not, no. They hit free throws, three free throws with less than a second left in the game to, to win it. Wow. I mean, hey, look, free throws are important. Yeah, you got to hit free throws. Um, the three A conference number five page knocked off. I'm sorry, yeah, number five page knocked off number three Snowflake, sixty four to fifty one. Four A conference in a game that you saw, which looked like it was really, really good. Uh, top ranked exciting game. Yeah, top ranked St. Mary's beat number three Paradise Honors fifty to forty seven. Probably the two best teams all year long, except they were. for South Point. Um, South Point was good, but I thought that. The Paradise Honors played them close in that yeah. semifinal game, but I don't think it's disputable that these were the two best teams kind of far above everybody in 4A. Yeah. Um, this one, Paradise Honors was ahead almost the entire game um, with like two minutes left. St. Mary's finally tied it. Um, and then, so tell me if this uh, this is an argument for... Um, a take I have, and I know it's not even that okay. different of one. So it's tied up. It is 47, 47. Um, St. Mary's has the ball. There's a minute and 20 seconds left on the clock. They hold the ball at the top. Uh, oh, 
just a couple steps over the uh over midcourt because there's no shot clock. There's no shot clock. Yep. They hold it and don't shoot until 16 le- seconds left in the game. They held the ball just dribbling up there for more than a minute with a minute and 20 seconds left in the game. Um because and it, there's a 5 second rule, but if you're guarding the opposing team's point guard, you're at a disadvantage if you go all the way out there and go close um, because then he's got a lot of space to operate and move and if he's a good dribbler. Um, and I just think that St. Mary's deserved to win this game because they made a great comeback at the end. Um, and I don't think that this rule was the reason Paradise Honors lost. I think St. Mary's just played a better end of the game, better mm-hmm. game overall. But I think that if it's tied and you're sitting there for over a minute, we need to have a shot clock. Yeah. And if you're the Paradise Honors coach, you tell your player to just go and foul just to get the ball out of their hands. You think so? I mean, think about it. Even if you're in the bonus, so they shoot one and one, maybe they miss a free throw. Then you get the ball back. Then you can hang on to it, force them to foul you. You go to the line, maybe hit a free throw, take the lead again. Or worst case scenario, they hit both free throws, but then you have time to go and potentially, you know, you have more than just probably, what, 10 seconds to get a potential game tying or game winning three. Yeah, it just it takes away if the rest of the game you're trying to score and play basketball and win. Um, it takes away some of that integrity if um, if the last minute of the game, in the biggest moment, there's just a dude standing dribbling with nobody within ten feet of him. Yeah, and and I don't blame you know St. Mary's coach oh, or no, the players because decision. yeah yeah I mean, why wouldn't you do that yeah no you can't blame them they're playing yeah. within the rules it's just that I think the rules should be changed yeah and there's no no, no fault to St. Mary's they were great all year um, yeah but. I don't know. I think that a lot of people also agree with this. Only no, high school and uh, AAU, if you play any college basketball, any pro basketball, there's a shot clock. And it's yeah. because of things like this. Yep, exactly. I think even in like like club basketball. Like yeah. Just like, like YMCA rec or whatever. And they have a shot clock. Yeah, um, a lot of them do. But no, I agree with you. I, I mean, there needs to be a shot clock. But really quick, can we mention how cool Paradise Honors uniforms were? They were really awesome. Yeah, I don't know. You and I actually talked about it. I don't know if they were brand new or yeah, like, just something either. they don't usually wear. But, you know, usually they're just like blue and white uniforms. But they wore a uh, like a navy blue uniform with like gold and like red trimming. It was really cool. Yeah. Um, looking at the 5A conference, number one Centennial, uh, they fell to number two Catalina Foothills, 59 to 45. A little bit of a surprise there for me. I honestly thought the Centennial would probably stay, you know, atop that conference and actually take the win. But, um, you know, I don't think either of us knew much about Catalina Foothills. Yeah, that's probably the Tucson really team. Yeah. Um, I actually, I talked to Richard Smith, who does West Valley preps, and he had seen them this year. Uh, and he was saying that he would not be surprised if um, Centennial had a hard time against them. They were really senior heavy, really tall. Um, and you know, they just, this was their last chance. So 
yeah. for a lot of their guys. And so they just, they really wanted it. I think Centennial will be right back near this position again. They've got a lot of young talent. Um, but congrats to Catalina Foothills. They had a pretty easy win, it looked like. Yeah, definitely. Uh, 6A game that you and I both saw, which was great. I mean, the other games, that, like, you know, some of the other games, one team had the advantage the entire way, and then maybe one team made a comeback or whatever. This game, there was no clear advantage ever, oh, ever was, in the game. Nobody was ahead more than what five, six points. I think it was six at the very, very uh, at the most for yeah. for Sunny Slope. Yeah, and uh, Sunny Slope then- did take the win over Mountain Point, sixty three to sixty two. Um, this one came down to essentially it was it, it had to be a game time three pointer by Mountain Point. Uh, true Washington, it literally hit the front of the rim. I mean, he puts a little bit more on it, and we go into overtime. Yeah. Um, and it and was, Mark, I mean, yeah. part of it was he was well contested on the Oh, show. yeah. Yeah, and, like, Mark Brown was able to tip it in, and he tried to draw some contact on the tip in, but, I mean, Sunny Slope, they were very smart about it. They basically just got away from the ball. Yeah, well, um, if you're Ray Portello, the Sunny Slope coach, you just say, don't foul. Whatever yeah. you do, don't foul. I mean, even at that point, with how I think they shot that with only, like, six seconds left so even at that point just don't even try to get the rebound just let him go because the worst they can do i mean just guard the perimeter let him get the rebound guard the perimeter because they they have to get a three-pointer to to obviously tie it yeah so um and in that case you know mark brown did hit a hit a you know put back layup and you know 63 62 sunny slope was able to get the win but that was a tremendous game it was it was a great yeah if they played that in a series, it would go to Game 7. Oh, 100%. They were the two best teams in 6A, and Mountain Point was, what, a 6 seed, I think? Yeah. But, but I mean, they, they, that they was... The second best team. Yeah, I mean, that's a team that you and I thought all year long, at least me for sure. I, I picked them to win the championship. I even picked them to beat Sunny Slope. And I don't yeah. I don't feel bad about that prediction because, honestly, they, all, they almost did it. Yeah, they were very, very evenly matched. Yeah. And I think that... Like I said, it would go down to a game seven if they played yep. that way. It was just so even and great guard play, great inside. Both had big dudes, both had, um, you know, huge shots at big points, contributors off the bench. It was it was a great game. And yeah, I, uh, you know, the St. Mary's Paradise Honors was also a great game. Mm-hmm. But I think in terms of just purely basketball and entertainment and everything, um, the, and then also the uh, the excitement and meaningfulness of the game. Uh, this six A boys was definitely the most exciting game I've seen this year. It was a good way to cap off the winter season. Yep, a hundred percent. And you know, I'll make an early prediction: Sunny's little Mountain Point run it back next year. They've got so much talent returning on both teams. I would not be surprised if they run oh, it. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't either. It just, you got to hope that no one ends up going to the prep schools. And that that's kind of the one asterisk that I can put on there is, you know, <laughs> as long as the roster stays relatively the same, other than the yeah. seniors. Um, but, I mean, you know, I know Grady Lewis graduates from Sunny Slope. Um Obviously, Mountain Point loses Jason Kimbrough and Zeroway Williams. Woo-hoo. Losing those two is huge. Um, yeah. That's like the equivalent of um, Desert Vista losing Deshaun LeCue and uh, Osasari Godaro last year. Right. Um, I, I would put that's like the equivalent to, for me. Agreed. Um, 
as far as like impact players, obviously Osasari probably is the best player out of the bunch there, but you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but I mean, Mountain Point returns true Washington and they return Mark Brown. Anthony uh, Jaramillo will come back from injury. Um, Tanner Pate is very good from the, from the perimeter. Um, and then, you know, I, I'm sure, you know, coach KP over there will have his, uh, he, he's got some tricks up his sleeve. I'm sure with getting a big man back in there, but hundred percent, um, you know, then you look at sunny slope, uh, Elijah Saunders is one of the best players I've ever seen. Oakland fort is right up there with him. If not better. I mean, he's incredible. Um, what he did in that championship game, literally shooting from anywhere on the floor. I thought it was going to go in. Anytime he shot the ball, especially that's how he's been all year, just a dominant guard. Yeah, and he's only a junior, so man, uh, it's gonna be crazy. But um, Eric, what do you say we? uh, Well, first off, let's just say this: thank you to everyone, parents, coaches, players, for a great winter sports season. Um, it it was phenomenal. It was fun. It was obviously nerve wracking for you know many points during that season as well, uh, but we all got through it and uh, it was definitely fun. Um, even- it was a great time. I was so happy to to watch basketball and yeah. uh, be a part of this and everything. It was just such a it's such a great experience, yeah. and I know it meant a lot to a lot of people. And there were some teams who struggled this year, just like any season. Um, but I know that the a hundred times over, they'd rather have losing seasons and disappointing ends and everything than not have been able to play at all. Yeah, exactly. And even though the AI, AI website still says February frenzy, it was our own little March madness. Yep. So, um, Eric, let's, what do you say we, uh, we move on to the listener questions? We have several of them, but yeah, we got a bunch, you know, first things first, I have a question for you, Eric, kind of off topic a little bit here. Yeah. Um, if I told you that this podcast, as well as several others, were, you know, sponsored by one of the most referred insurance agency companies for almost 40 years here in Arizona, what would you say? I mean, it's pretty awesome to see. I uh, I know about all .NET insurance um but it's, you know, they're, they've got 30 Valley locations. They do your home, auto, commercial needs. Um, they're the most referred insurance agency in Arizona. Um, mm-hmm. they, they focus on customer service, finding the right coverage. I know that we, we, our listeners are a lot of coaches and players and sports community and everything. You think about um, what do 16, 17-year-old kids need? It's auto insurance. It's... Um, things like that. You want to make sure everybody's safe. And, and the best part is, is it's, they kind of do the shopping for you. Um, you know, all.net. Um, yeah, obviously it's a great, it's a great local business. It's a great family friends of the show here for us personally. Um, you know, they, they kind of are able to shop for you with over 20 different carriers. Um, so, you know, all the stress that you might think comes with trying to pick the right insurance company for you, they actually take all that stress and take care of it for you so all you have to do is say hey i'm interested in this and let them just do the work for you let them find the best rates for you and the best coverage as well for you so uh if you want to learn more about all.net again great friends of the show here uh definitely make sure to give them a call at 602-233-3333 
Again, that's 602-233-3333, all.net. Let them do the shopping for you when it comes to insurance. And that's A-A-L-L.net. Yes. Um, listener questions, Eric. We have a few of them. We're going to try to get through these. Um, I'll let you go ahead and pick the very first one. And, and a lot of these were awesome, too, by the way. Yeah, definitely. Um, Let's go so- with the first one I see on here, Sandy Charles, um, another podcast on the Arizona Varsity podcast network uh one of our team azv members awesome um she asks is fitz coming back also what was your dream career as a kid um and let's we can talk briefly about the first question of it first do you think fitz is coming back because i'm starting based on absolutely no information at all i hope so and i think so um i guess no news is good news right that's what i think too um but at the same time, if he was coming back, like in years past, he would have already said something by now. Yeah. So I don't honestly, Sandy, to answer your question, I have no idea. Yeah, no, I don't either. Um, I hope. But I think as every day goes by, um, I think maybe the chances of him coming back are a little bit more slim. That's true. I also think, though, that the amount of talent coming in, um, you know, we've seen all these a few just impact signings um it kind of makes you think maybe if there's going to be a chance that it's because of that well you also have to think they brought in aj green so i mean obviously aj Green's not going to replace fits but i mean you know i mean they needed a receiver but still regardless i mean yeah definitely you you take aj green if you can get him yeah exactly so but think of um, just the what the three of them, Fitzgerald, AJ Green, and Hopkins, um, are, are just a tremendous pair. That's like if you're going back to if if that's your receiving core in 2015, you're winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> which is crazy. Yeah. Um. Second part of that question: What was your dream career as a kid, Sandy? I am in my dream career right now. I know that sounds really cheesy, but I literally want to do exactly what I'm doing right now, and that is creating a very, you know, decent podcast (laughs) with one of my friends um but no in all seriousness i you know writing about sports for a living is something that i've wanted to do forever um and so i'm very lucky to have the opportunity to do that i know not many people in my you know at my age are able to say that they're in their dream career um i guess the only other thing i would say would you know i always thought it'd be really cool to be able to cover like a professional team um maybe be a beat writer for one of those um or work in like media relations. But I mean, honestly, like I said, just to be around sports and make money by watching sports. Um, that's my dream career. So I'm already living it. I agree. We both went to school for that. But I've got a couple um, that one is just a funny story that I laugh at when <laughs> I think about it. Um, okay. When I was a little kid, we grew up. Um, I was born in Galveston, Texas, a little island town uh, on the Gulf of Mexico. And my family lived like we were probably less than a mile from the beach and we would walk together all four of the kids and my parents walked to the beach and on the way we would pass a Texaco gas station um, and we would buy like, you know, whatever crappy ice cream they had there or Sour Patch Kids or whatever garbage um, that, you know, I still love, but it is garbage. You shouldn't be eating that, but I still do. Um, 
And I decided, uh, my mom loves telling this story. I don't actually remember saying it because I was so young, but apparently I wanted to work at Texaco. That was a dream <laughs> career of mine, was working at the gas station because I had such fond memories there. So wanted to be a gas station attendant was my first dream career. Um, also, I thought it would be really cool for a long time to be in the CIA and be a secret agent. That'd be really fun, too. That was a more legitimate one. Um, Not that being a gas station isn't a legit uh, gas station employee isn't a legitimate career, but I don't know that that's anyone's first aspiration. Okay. Okay. Um, Cody Cameron asked us, uh, which AZ high school football team that went under 500 last year do you think will improve the most next season? Now, he... He kind of answered this one and took my answer, of course, which I'm sure everyone probably under, you know, already knows what's going to be. Um, I'm very excited to see what Mountain Point does under Agreed. Coach Lauer for a second year and if they get a full offseason. Um, that team has a ton of talent, and I think they kind of showed how much talent they have against Desert Vista last year in the season finale. And, um, yeah, that that that's my pick. I think, I think they're going to – Them and Desert Vista could have big improvements. Both of them, 100%. Um, but I think mountain point is probably the one that most people are going to look to first because they're now in basically, they're going to be entering year three of a quote unquote rebuild. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, it, I think, I think, I think they have the best chance to improve the most. I agree. They're both, uh, they're going to be good. And on the West side, um, there are a couple teams I can think of off the top of my head. One is millennium. Um, the last year, it wasn't surprising that they struggled. They lost like 40-something seniors, um, such a huge core of that team. And they had a really young core. They had freshmen starting on varsity and a, a lot of them. And I think that um, their coaching staff is tremendous over there. They've got a really tough division, so I don't know what their actual record will be. Their division is... Um, they've got Desert Edge and Ironwood and Sunrise Mountain and Verado. So they play really tough opponents. So who knows whether they'll actually be that much improved in the win column. Yeah. Um, but I think they're going to be really, really solid. Uh, they'll be more competitive at least. Yeah, definitely. And yeah. then they'll, they might pull off a few of those wins and in yeah. their non-region schedule, they'll, they should be better as well. Um, and in 4A, Deer Valley is a team I think is going to be good. They, they started off really hot ran into some good teams toward the end, but they're a really young squad this year. A lot of sophomores starting at important spots, and I could see them improving from three and five into a four and four, uh, five and three, and uh, competing for a playoff spot. Yeah, I can agree with you in there. Um, You want to read the next one, your choice? We have, like I said, quite a few. Yeah, we'll go with Gabe from at Gabe AZHS Sports. Um, if you could redo your high school yearbook quote, what would you have it be? Do you remember your high school yearbook quote? I didn't have a high school yearbook quote. Crazy enough, I didn't either. Um, yeah. Our school didn't do that. And no, neither did we. What, what we did was um, our parents, everyone's parents did one. Um, and the way it worked is in our yearbook, it was a baby or kid picture of you. And then the parents could write something. And I don't remember exactly what mine was. I'll have to, to figure this out. But everybody was just like, hi, Ryan. 
we're so proud of you. <laughs> we love you. Uh, we're so proud of everything you've accomplished. And then you could tell my dad wrote it because he wrote a poem. Um, yeah. And it was like, not like a sweet poem. It was um, a mixture of all these ingredients. And it was like Madden football and all these just like other random things. I'll have to find it. It's pretty funny. Um, That's awesome. But while everybody else's was like, we love you. Congrats on graduating. Mine was basically a, a, a freelance poem that everyone was like, what? <laughs> That's so but funny. It made me laugh and it was, it was pretty, it was pretty accurate and pretty up to par. Yeah. Could you think of a quote that you would want? Because mine would be who from Mike Jones. So I chose two of them. Uh, both of them are from The Office, ironically, because I'm watching it for like the 17th time. Um, and the first one is when Michael uh, writes on the board, like you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. And it's obviously, it says uh, Wayne Gretzky and then Michael Scott right underneath it. Um, so I think just to be funny, it'd be that one. But one of the most probably un- most underrated quotes of that show that wasn't necessarily funny, but just insanely true was do you remember what andy bernard said i think it was like the final episode of the office ever i don't remember okay so i I actually pulled it up because i wanted to make sure i get it right so this is what he says and i quote the weird thing is now i'm exactly where i want to be Uh, i've got my dream job at cornell and i'm just thinking about my old pals only now they're the ones I made here. I wish there was a way to know you're in the good old days before you actually left them. Hmm. And it was that final sentence right there that I think I would put in my high school yearbook. Because if you really think about it, I mean, it, it's kind of true. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel that. So kind of that's probably what I would put. I feel that. Yeah. I said enjoying the moment a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. 100%. So... That's my pick. Um, Gabe, sorry, we don't have high school yearbook quotes. Uh, make sure to drop yours. I want to know what yours was uh, in the comments. So make sure you uh, you reply to the post when this episode goes up. Uh, I want to address this one really quick. Lee Patterson, one of my very good friends, uh, Radio Guy AZ99. We've had him on the show. Uh, he asked our takes on playing the state title basketball games in the, quote, smallest venues possible. It's unfortunate. However... This was an argument on Twitter. Um, well, not even an argument. It was more just complaints on Twitter. A discussion. Um, we almost didn't have a season. Don't bite the hand that feeds you. You know what I mean? I mean, you had a chance to play for a state title game. If that were me in this situation, I would play it in you know, an elementary school gym with those tables that fold into you know, benches if we had to. Um, that's my take. Don't bite the hand that feeds you. I know people aren't going to agree with that because a lot of people hate the AIA, but, um, we had a season and that's what we should be thankful for. Not where we played. I feel you. Um, I'll read the next one also. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. There was a really good one. Oh, Luca, uh, Luca Ferrugia. I hope I said your name right. What you guys? That's correct, but without the hesitation. Ferrugia, not not like that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, what's your guys' favorite thirty for thirty? This one's easy. Um, the Last Dance. 
Is that a 30 for 30? Yeah, technically it is. Okay, fair enough. Because I always thought of the 30 for 30s as like the individual movies. Because The Last Dance was great, yes. But yeah. do you have one for like the, the ones that weren't a series like that? I really like a tie at the two. I really see me being a huge college football fan. I really, really enjoyed the U. The U was good. Yeah, obviously the the for those that don't know, it's the thirty for thirty on the uh, Miami Hurricanes when they were. I mean, you name it, they were called it. Um, That's like not very good names. I mean, Um, they were also tremendous. They were also very good. Um, I also, I'm kind of looking at a list too, just looking at all the ones that I remember watching. Yeah, I'll tell you um, mine. Yeah, my go ahead. My two favorites, um, and these are, uh, The Last Dance is tremendous, yes. Yeah. But in terms of the individual ones, I like the Fab Five a lot. That was um, good. Michigan, basketball, Jalen Rose, Chris Weber, yep. Juwan Howard, all the awesome guys there. And I also like the bad boys that profiled the the eighties and early nineties Pistons. Yeah, um, that was, was a good absolutely one too. tremendous. Both of those, yeah. um, because both of those teams were before our time. I was born in ninety two. What were you ninety three or ninety four? Four. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, those were teams that were. Uh, I don't think I was even actually born yet. Uh, I was born ninety two. Um, so maybe. Michigan's run happened like a couple months after I was born. Yeah. Um, but uh, like I said, we don't remember seeing those teams live. So it's really cool to see some of that history and everything. So yeah. I, I enjoyed those two a lot. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'll let you read off the next one. We kind of talked about this, um, but Gridiron Arizona, Chris Eaton says thoughts on having what looked like capacity crowds of the championship games in football and basketball when they were restricted during the regular season. Um, well, I'll say right off the bat, there was definitely not capacity crowds at basketball. It was close at St. John Paul. Um, That's true. It wasn't capacity, but it was, I mean, the, the stands were relatively packed. Um, yeah. At Mesquite, it wasn't like that, but Mesquite's yeah. also a much bigger gym. That's the thing yeah. is um, for five and six, a being at Mesquite was good because despite being a four, a school, it's actually got a pretty big gym for a high school. Yeah. And people could, you could go and be in the crowd if you wanted to be near the bottom. But like you and I sat near the top almost the entire time, mm-hmm. um, kind yep. of away from a lot of people. So you could spread out if you wanted to, but to the point of his question, um football the crowds were limited all year long until basically the playoffs and then we talked about it there were so many people at the there's a lot of people open people championships and on one hand it was good because you wanted to see a fun crowd and it felt like a playoff atmosphere but on the other hand um it was it was a little concerning but i think they're different questions because while that football was going on uh, we were still kind of at the height of this pandemic and everything, and not to say it's even anywhere near close to over, but now, as of this weekend, people have gotten vaccines some. Um, we know a little bit more about precautions, and they were able to spread out a little bit more. So I was not unhappy with the way um, the crowds were at the, the playoffs for basketball. There were more yeah. people than there had been during the year, but... I was not ultra concerned. 
No, neither was I. Um, and to your point, with football, there we were well over a thousand cases per day, um, and the metrics did not look good as far as like hospitalization and stuff like that. Right. Uh, we we've been on a huge steep decline um, since January, so yep. that's why I wasn't as concerned about basketball either. To be completely honest, um, and I mean for the most part, people were keeping their masks on and everything like that. I mean, yep. I you know, I'm the good thing is obviously we were all able to separate, so it's not that you know whatever. Um, but yeah, I think just because the case numbers were down and everything like that, it wasn't as much of a concern. Um, I think the football was was more concerning because people were outside, so they got that false sense of security. Yeah. And so they probably just took their masks off because of that. So I don't know. I mean, either way, people are probably going to think that we're wrong, so it doesn't really matter. But, it might be. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Oh, well. Um, this one comes from – I'll let uh, – Chili's question is one that I really don't know the answer to so i have gonna, an answer to it well i'm gonna leave that one for last okay. uh this one comes from at french bryce 1993 uh, i'm assuming it's one of your high school friends because uh he was able to uh well actually you provided the tennis photos um but um yes reese Deschamps was my doubles partner and one of my best friends growing up since we oh did. is it is it breeze yeah oh my bad all good everyone called him bryce okay cool uh yeah he calls you e um <laughs> what's your most memorable high school sports memory and why and favorite coll- collegiate athletic moment slash intramural story uh right off the bat second part of that question i did not play any intramurals in you college. never played intramurals no well i guess unless you count like me playing in the football league that i play in now i call that an intramural okay um favorite memory of that because it's easy um I helped a team that was winless before I joined win like four games the year, the, year, the next year. So whatever. Not that I was exactly. a huge part of that, but whatever. Um, most memorable high school sports memory um, or moment. Um, uh, probably my senior year, we were 0-5. And our kicker, Austin Casillas, he hit like a 56 or like somewhere between a 56 and a 60 yarder wow. to, to beat um, or to go into halftime to give us a 10-7 lead over Skyline. And we actually were able to hang on to that lead the rest of the game. And so we won our first game that way that that night with his kick of, you know, a very long distance. Love it. And I mean, we went crazy, too, because we were like, <laughs> I mean, one, it was just the fact that we were able to get the lead. But two. Um, it was just a really cool moment for him. I of think course. he said it. I think it was a record-setting kick at the time for Highland, um, or at least close to it. But uh, it also kind of sparked us a little bit because we went on to win three more games um, and finish the season four and one, basically in the back half of the, of the schedule. So it's pretty good. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, mine is I don't have a particular moment. Um, I just enjoyed. Uh, you know, goofing around. Brees and I were doubles partners for many years, uh, grew up playing together, um, and just kind of having fun in between points, in, in tennis specifically, um, because af- between each point you have a couple seconds, um, and so we'd go back and say something stupid to each other, or make something up, or make fun of the other teams. And I was a big trash talker, 
Um, and so part of that was just, you know, making fun of people. So, um, and always being at least halfway respectful, but, um, yeah, I just, uh, that was so much fun was just the, the bonding that you had in it and everything. Um, and I think it, it, we don't think about ourselves when we're covering high school sports, but, um, part of me realizes the importance of it because, you know, when you do something like that, um, it creates, it creates a way to get to know people. Um, and you have these memories for a long time and it doesn't define who you are, but it gives you a pathway, um, to kind of experience great things. Um, and I think if you're able to play high school sports and you can, if that's something you're passionate about, go ahead and do it. Um, Cause it's, it's really awesome. Yeah, I agree. How about, do we, have we gotten to everybody's besides Chili's? I think it's just Chili's leftover. So if you were a cartoon character, who do you think would you would be versus who do you think the other person would be and why? And I'll go first so I can give you some time to think about this. Okay. Um, and if I had to pick someone for myself, I'd be Bart Simpson. Um, <laughs> because I, I have thought I was Bart Simpson since I was a little kid. Um, and it's because he's got, he's just a goofy kid with a weird sense of humor. Um, sometimes it goes over the top and he gets himself in trouble. Um, but likes being the, you know, the kid that says something stupid um, to make people laugh and whatever. And that's, that's me. Um and it, sometimes it goes over the top, but at the end of the day, he doesn't actually want to hurt anyone or anything like that. So I identify with Bart Simpson pretty heavily. And from your laugh, I can feel like you agree. Well, it's really funny because when I was thinking about who I would make you, it was literally, I, I'm not even kidding. It was Bart Simpson or uh, Stewie because he's just so like sarcastic and like hates everybody. Yeah. See, Stewie's a little bit more, I love Stewie on this show, but he's yeah. a little bit more actually dark. Um, That's true. That is true. Good point. Or maybe but, Squidward. Maybe Squidward. <laughs> Squidward is a good one, too. Squid, yeah, Squidward was my other option for you. Here's who you are, Zach, and I, I hesitate um, <sighs> because uh, this isn't actually bad. It's bad because you're going to get a big ego about it. Oh, God. You, you're Clark Kent. Why? Um, you know who Clark Kent is? Of course, I knew who Clark Kent is, but why? So you're Clark Kent because in the most literal sense, Clark Kent is by day a reporter um, at a newspaper who's very mild-mannered, cares a lot about his work, um, and is well-respected at his profession. But when the time comes, and for you it's football, um, and it always has been football and athletics, and for him, it's being Superman. You'll beat the heck out of somebody. And I know that when you're on the field, especially to be a lineman, you have to be like this. You have to be ultra aggressive um, and physical and everything like that. So you're Clark Kent. I was kind of hoping you would give me something like stupid that we can laugh about. Yeah, but... exactly. And so that's why I said I hesitated to say it. But in the most literal sense, I think that's you. Well, I appreciate that. Now it makes me want to choose somebody new for you, though. No. Because <laughs> I was thinking about, like, and the reason why I laughed so hard, like I said before, it was because I thought that you were either going to be Bart Simpson or, you know, like Squidward or Stewie. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree with all of those. Um, 
And I think Bart Simpson ends up being the one because I feel like a little kid most of the time. Um, yeah. And I have that sense of humor. All right. So I've got one for you. Now, kind of in the same sense that you did with me. Um, hear me out on this one. Okay. Hank Hill. <laughs> no, hear me out. Hear me out. You ready? You re- You hear me out. Okay. Yeah, Dry humor. Right. Yeah. Okay. Dry humor. But at the same time, he's the leader of his family, correct? Yeah, I guess so. Okay. And not only that, but does he not own his own company? I don't own my own company. But you own your own brand. I guess. And he works extremely hard to provide for provide for his family, right? Yeah. Okay. So I see in you it's the dry humor. And also just how hard you work on a daily basis. Well, because I, if you yeah. if you look for anyone listening, if you go to the Arizona Varsity website, six out of the seven days of the week, you're going to see Eric's name plastered all over it because he writes so many articles and that's not even his full time job. So that's kind of where I get that sense of with Hank Hill. Well, thanks. I would have I, I would have given you like. You know, like Batman, but you're not a you. You know, if you were like in the CIA, maybe it'd work a little bit better. Um, I don't like fighting, so Batman yeah. doesn't really work. Yeah, so I'm very conflict averse in that way. You could also be Shaggy. I can be Shaggy. I don't smoke enough weed to be Shaggy. That's true. That's he true. doesn't. They, he doesn't explicitly do it, but you know, a hundred percent that that guy's a stoner. Oh yeah, hundred percent. So, <laughs> who would Chili be? I do have a dog, but. I don't share food with it and um, things of that nature. Who would Chili be? Well, he got his name from the the Penguin Chili, um, which was some kind of mediocre TV show. Um, so he would be that. Or who's is there a DJ cartoon? Um, probably. Who would you be? Who would you give yourself? Um. Well, you know, I like to clown on myself. I was going to give myself, like, Goofy or something. Um, I don't know. Maybe Homer? Do you sleep <laughs> a lot? Um, I mean, not necessarily, but Homer likes donuts, and donuts are pretty good. Donuts are solid. Um, yeah. yeah, it is. It, you're right. Um, we do better when we're making fun of each other and ourselves, but... I also just, I thought that Clark Kent, um, and not saying you're Superman, but in that same yeah, definitely not. sense, um, makes, I think made sense to me. So we got a little bit wholesome, um, which is, which is odd. Uh, and I'll end it. <laughs> I'll end it with this. And I, oh, yeah. Yeah. wait, hang on. You know who I'd give myself? Daffy Duck, because he gets pissed off so much. I'm about to get pissed off at you for what you're about That's to say. That's fair. Daffy yeah. Duck is in a perpetual state of anger. Um, right. And also, Donald Duck was also pretty mad most of the wait, time. Wait, who did I say? You said Daffy Duck. Oh, I meant Donald. Whatever. Or maybe you thing. said Donald and I thought Daffy Duck. See, I that's, why, that's why I gave myself Goofy, because I always make mistakes. Um, Donald and Daffy Duck, both for whatever reason, the Mallards. Um, Um, Hey, can I talk about really quick right by my house? So I'm kind of by a lake, right? In Chandler. 
And I swear, dude, every single, so like I'll go, you know, there's a Starbucks up the street or whatever. So I'll go get a Starbucks or something like that. But I swear every time I come around the specific corner, I have to slow down because there's always two geese that just like to take their sweet time crossing the street. And they don't use the crosswalk, of course, because they're animals. So they just take so long to cross the street. I'm not going to hit them because then I'd feel terrible about myself. But what is it? Like, just fly. Just fly across the street. You don't have to walk. And I, bro, have you ever seen, like, at the grocery store, like, if someone, like, you know that's there just on a Saturday just to kind of walk the aisles and see if they need anything, but they don't actually, like, like specifically want something? Sure. You know I get I mean? the concept, yeah. Okay. Literally picture that and just how slow they walk. That's how slow these geese walk. There's not the a street. care in the world. Not a, dude, not a care in the world. Like... <laughs> like i don't know if you've seen those videos where it's like there's not a thought behind those eyes or something like that like literally just these geese are just like strolling they're like oh it's a beautiful day let's just stroll across traffic i love it i mean it's so it, i mean they're they're cute oh it's so like, annoying but it's hilarious but it's annoying yeah <laughs> like, there's one time i came to a complete stop and i thought someone was gonna rear end me because like i'm not gonna run them over of course that's so. both bad for them and bad for your car yeah but lose lose definitely lose lose situation. Before we get into this, name me your favorite Loyola Chicago basketball player. Oh, don't even. Who's your favorite player? Bro, I don't know. I don't watch them enough. Exactly. No one knows. But you know who you do know? (laughs) Sister freaking Jean. It's it's ridiculous. (laughs) You don't even know. They made, what, the Final Four a couple years ago? Right? is it, They made that Final Four run, right? Hey, I'm going to tell you something that's going to make you so mad right now. Are you ready? What? I I looked to buy like a Sister Jean shirt like a couple years ago when they made the Great. Final Four. Great. <laughs> they made the Final Four and you can't even name someone on the team. And I can't either. All I know is freaking Sister Jean. And I know this isn't the original take because I've heard it um, from Stu Gotts from... Uh, the Dan Lebetard show, um, who's a notoriously kind of goes out of his way to make weird takes. Um, I love that show, but so I'm not the only one who thinks this, um, but it's very rare. I think most people love sister Jean and it just annoys me that this old nun who doesn't (laughs) play. What what were you about to say, Eric? I don't know. I was trying (laughs) to think that she was like, I don't know what the technical term is for like, is she technically a nun? I, 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 I think she is. I don't know. If I, 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 whatever the word is. I called her a nun earlier. I called yes, her a nun we'll, earlier. We'll go with nun, religious lady. If whatever. she's, hey, look, if she's not a nun, then you know Gridiron Arizona is going to be in my DMs telling me that we're wrong. So yeah. it's all good. So whatever she is, is I'm sure they love her. But the fact that this team wins and it's got awesome coaching and awesome players and I can't name a single player on the team and I can't name anybody from that Final Four squad and all we remember is Sister Jean, this old dumb lady. Um, Oh, man. And it's like, get over yourself. And people were like, oh, look, she's analyzing. But she was like, oh, Illinois shoots 30%. It's like the basic, I could go on basketball reference and find that. That's not that impressive to know that. Um, yeah, but she's over 100 years old. You think she knows how to get to basketball reference? Probably. If she wanted to get this publicity, she had someone like, hey, how can I get myself in the news again? I don't think it, 
I don't think she specifically asks for the publicity. I think it, and during the final four run, it was the team that literally thanked her for helping them. Yeah, but uh, Sister Jean's on Cameo now. (laughs) Do you know what Cameo is? Yeah, I do. She's on there. And it says it's going to charity, which I believe. I don't think she is on there for money. But the fact that she's now this celebrity and nobody knows anything about Loyola Chicago basketball other than that they win and they've got Sister Jean is is just ridiculous to me. Like, and it's the thing is, it's not even her. I don't hate. I should change my stance. I don't hate her. I hate that everybody loves her so much. Um because I have it, to I have to ask you though. Right, does this come from well this could come from a number of things too. One, I know I tweeted on Sunday to never bet against Sister Jean on a Sunday morning. Does does that is that what kind of sparked this thing because I know you texted me about it. No, I I did see that, but that wasn't the reason. Um, oh, yeah. Then is this the reason? Is it because they knocked out Illinois and because you chose Illinois to win? I didn't like Sister Jean back when they were in the Final Four, and it had nothing to do with that. Okay, fair um, I was just, like, just tired of this uh, publicizing and over-dramatizing of this just... And I, I shouldn't call her dumb. I'm sure she's a very smart person. Um, she's great for that school, and they obviously love her. But I just am so tired of like every they win and it's like oh sister Jean did it no their <laughs> players and their coaches and their scheme and doing well against the matchups like she didn't take out a clipboard um or shoot jumpers in the gym or anything I'm just tired of sister Jean <laughs> oh man I, I would be happy to never hear of sister Jean again Eric are you, hun- are you hungry are you hungry Eric uh, do you want me to get a Snickers? Is that I do want you to get a Snickers. I had an apple. Um, is that the same? No, I just... <laughs> it makes me root against a team that I have no business rooting against. Um, I actually have been to the Loyola Chicago campus, and I really like it. I visited there once when I was at Marquette. We went and spent a weekend there, and it was really fun. Um, but it makes me root against them because I'm just so tired of this narrative. It's all about this nun. Great. Like, oh, you're, you have a nun. You play basketball <laughs> because you have a nun that you win. This old <laughs> nun, Sister Jean. <laughs> Sister freaking Jean. They win a game and it's just got a picture of her sitting there with some bizarre smile on her face with her hands up, wearing a scarf indoors. Sister Jean. <laughs> I wish I could see your face right now. <laughs> Why do you need a scarf indoors, Sister Jean? <laughs> Wear a coat. You don't need a scarf indoors. It's they're a climate in Indi- controlled they're, they're in Indianapolis. It still gets cold. It's indoors. It still gets cold. They have a heater. The players are wearing short sleeves and they're fine. Sister Jean wearing a scarf. <laughs> Get her like one of those, um, like a winter hat with fur on the side of it and everything. 
Just do it all out. Give her. I would like Sister Jean more if she wore like face paint or um, something like that, and wasn't just an old lady. Oh, she's so wholesome. You know how many teens have wholesome fans? A lot of them. Um, every Catholic Jesuit school. Marquette had a guy like that. I don't remember his name, but he would walk around the student union and just talk to everybody. And he loved Marquette basketball. But I don't know his name because it wasn't important unless you were there. It didn't have anything to do with the basketball team. Sister Jean. <laughs> you good you got it out of your system yeah okay cool uh <laughs> i just love the way you say sister gene with so much disgust <laughs> and look at me just uh, like hating on an awesome wholesome religious <laughs> really good just so tired of it I really, I'm, I hope Loyola Chicago wins. And now they're going to. They're going to make the Final Four again. And I'm I just really, going to have to I continue really. for several weeks now just listening to, Sister <laughs> Jeet. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm at the point where I'm now laughing and crying at the same time. Good. Um, <laughs> Thank you all for listening as usual. Uh, thank you again to our sponsor, uh, all.net. Make sure to uh, visit their website, aall.net. That is N-E-T for any of your insurance needs. Um, that rhymed. That was pretty good. Kind of rhymed. A little bit. A little bit. I bet Sister Jean would be proud. Um, but with that being said, make sure to give us all follow on Twitter at Zach O'Vara, at Enuman Rights, at AZHSFB, and at Arizona Varsity. Uh, also, uh, make sure to give Sister Jean a follow on Twitter for Eric's sake. Um, I bet she's verified. She probably is, actually. Uh, but with that being said, um, again, thank you all for listening, and uh, we will talk to you all next week. Sister Jean.